Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's podcast, episode number seven, potentially, I think. Um, haven't, we haven't had one in a couple of weeks due to the uh, the Pure Elite Ireland show, which was just on at the weekend, which was a huge success. And thank you to all the support we had on it. So back to business. But also I wanted to wait as well for today's guest because today's guest is kind of how fitness all began for me uh, 10 years ago. And uh, it's important for you guys that I want to I want to share um, share with you how it all started. And I think it's also very important as well that you don't kind of forget where you came from. So without further ado, today's guest is none other than Roger Adams. Roger is has been in the fitness industry, is in the fitness industry for loads and loads of years, uh, hundreds and hundreds of years. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm going to let you, Raj, describe yourself and tell us all your achievements and so on and so forth. So welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks very much. Um, I suppose for me, as a, I'm 52 now, almost 53, and my kind of fitness journey throughout my life has been a, a curious passive path of different things. Um, I vividly remember being 16, 17 and watching Arnold Schwarzenegger on stage and also in the film Conan the Barbarian and just becoming fascinated with the whole how you can build a, a physique at that point in time. Um, you know, there were the odd magazine from America. There certainly wasn't social media. The, the, the internet hadn't even been invented. So um, it was the odd magazine that we could get hold of or, or join the gym and see what other guys were doing around you. Um, and at that point in my life, I was totally dedicated to a lifelong passion, which started then in, in different styles of martial arts. So I was tall and lean, but I was just fascinated with Arnold's physique so I, I joined two or three gyms to try and find somebody that I could have a connection with. <clears throat> and I met a guy called Alan Banton, who's, who's passed on now, God rest his soul. But he was my first kind of formal weightlifting coach and a person of huge inspiration. So kind of take that on a number of years later. And, and I kind of wanted to emulate for other people um, the, the, the work and the the passion and the inspiration that Alan passed on to me. So I became interested in coaching quite quickly, um, both through martial arts and in the gym. The problem then, of course, was, um, you know, there weren't that many role models until you got deeper and deeper into bodybuilding. And gyms at the time were almost spit sawdust, closed shop kind of environments. If you didn't know what you were doing, you had no business being there. And, um, yeah, you know, it's a, it was kind of a school of hard knocks almost in in gyms in the kind of late eighties, early nineties. Um, so it was a, an interesting journey of self discovery, practice, fail, practice again, maybe succeed a small bit, and and uh, you know the advantage that people have now, like yourself, is that there's so much information out there to help an individual. So many people with good rounded knowledge. The sports moved on leaps and bounds in, in just in my training lifetime. Um, and it's just been an absolute pleasure, or certainly over the last 12 years in, in West Cork, to try and help people. And some people have gone on to huge success like yourself, Chris Spearman, and other people in different sports as well. I've, I've a real keen interest in anything that relates to the human physique and what you can do with it. So, um, yeah. So this this takes us then to where you ran the the gym in in the rugby club, and 
10 years ago, it was the 15th of December, 2009, I came to you. Eight stone wet through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> We've been photographed yeah. somewhere. <laughs> and a small one. I, I'd, I'd come in and, you know, wanted to, uh, you know, wanted to join the gym, never been in the gym, late, late to fitness. <clears throat> and, um, it's like it started from there because it's, it's for me always been this super, super scrawny guy. Um, and, and, you know, coming into the gym and I suppose then, you know, bringing my addictive personality with me, I got addicted to, you know, this, this new thing. It was finally something that was a healthy choice. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was a good group of people with it. You know, the, the one thing about your gym was there was, there was a good atmosphere. It was a good vibe. Um, you know, everybody was, everybody was there trying to progress on themselves. Um, you, you knew everybody's name. It was, it was fantastic. And that's how, so, I suppose we got close pretty quickly and I got fascinated you, you you know you were at the time I think about 19 stone or something like that and yeah. you were you're 6 foot 2 is it 6 foot 6 1 you're 6 1 and um, oh, you're shrinking I, I always wear a hat you're compressing <laughs> <laughs> um, so with that I'd you know I'd, I'd seen your physique I, you, you know heard your stories about you know bodybuilding and you'd competed in the UK previously and um we both decided that I was going to compete first and you were going to have a crack off it again. And, um, 2011. Yeah. yeah, that was 2011. And we, we got ready for, um, our first show together. You did the Masters, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah Masters. You did the Masters and I did the first timers. Um, and it was, it was a, Look, it was a it was a fantastic experience. You lost a considerable amount of weight, didn't I? I lost I lost five stone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last five stone, um, and you like at that point, like when I joined the gym, and you were nineteen stone. You were nineteen stone of probably what could be best described as powerlifter build, really. I suppose. Well, I'd, before we moved over from England, when Anna and I decided to move over and settle down, and for our kids to grow up in a in a fabulous environment, um, I'd had ten previous years working in the security industry where mm. size was important, strength was important. Uh, mm. You know, I, I was the smallest out of the guys that worked in my team. Mm. And, you, ran um, a, you ran a door company, security company yeah, over there, we, didn't you? We, we did close protection, we did nightclubs, we did, we did everything really. Mm. Um, and um, so you, you just kind of immerse yourself in the environment that's around you. Mm. And all of the guys that I knew were into being big, being strong, was it? You know, they weren't too interested in physically how they looked. It was just about being massive. Presence. Yeah, yeah. physical presence, yeah. exactly. So, um, and then I realized that I, I actually, whilst I was very, very strong, I, I wasn't aerobically fit. And mm. when I hit 40, um, I suddenly realized that if I wanted to kick a ball and have a play in the park with... But, you know, if, if if my son ever wanted to do that, that uh, I probably wasn't fit enough to chase after him. Yeah. Um, so you coming along and, and, and becoming part of um, the environment of F1 Fitness Centre and, 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 and being really interested in your own physique was a catalyst to me getting interested again because mm. I competed in uh, 1997, mm -hmm. the, the Mansfield Spring Classic, and really loved it. I remembered the whole journey uh, and seeing that, metamorphosis of how your physique and, and mm. your, your, even your state of mind changes while you're dieting mm. uh, it was all an interesting challenge so it was great to experience that again but with you with your interest and your drive yeah uh, and um, we, you know we were a good partnership 
we were and this was it like I was you know for, for those of you that, that know my story you know my, my background was in motor trade and I was still in the motor trade at the time when I when I met Raj and um, you know I I would have I would have done my my normal uh, job during the day and trained at night in the gym and, and, and all of that but like it was I suppose I was always the last one leaving the gym at night probably kept mm. kept you there longer than it should have been but it was you know I was I couldn't have gone a day without going there. I was so, so addicted to everything that was going on. And then, you know, then the whole, the, the dieting, I'd never, ever experienced what it was like to follow, uh, you know, a, a, a diet plan before, res- be restricted on food. And I learned so much from every aspect of, from every aspect of, of training and getting, and this is something that I always try to, to know. And like you've passed on, you got knowledge that was passed on to you. You've passed on your knowledge and the you know the the ethos that we have in the gyms now in body and health and fitness is like to make sure that the kids coming through get the right advice rather than you know doing things that are going to injure them or lifting heavy when they don't have to and making sure that you get the right advice because my god does your body change quickly when everything's like is in line yeah big time you know big time i think you know when and i travel around you travel around an awful lot now with the position that you're in and you go into different gyms and you see young people you know people in the in their late teens maybe even early 20s trying to emulate guys that are that are seasoned guys in the gym you know they're in their early to mid 30s they know exactly what they're doing mm. and young kids are trying to copy with those kinds of lifts and, and all they're going to do is injure themselves mm. so you know i i felt it important for for me to kind of foster the the youth Mm. side of of my gym uh, and I know you're very keen on doing the same yourself mm. and it's brilliant it's a brilliant model to follow because you know you're keeping people safe you're letting them people letting people enjoy the gym and, mm. and what training really is all about mm. understanding the basics and um, it's an extremely healthy pastime mm. um when 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 you have the right guidance it can be unhealthy if you have the wrong guidance and and you know there's there's other things brought into the equation but you know from like seeing a lot of the young lads because you know we don't have uh, age restriction um in in the gym and you didn't either um and it's it's so so important because of look you know even even my story from when i was 16 it's so easy to to get it wrong and to go down the wrong road and try and impress and get stuck in all sorts of mischief and you know having the gym there even I see it now with, with the kids that come in they're, they're so on it like yeah, their yeah, training yeah. is immaculate their their food is right they're like a, on all they want to do is learn yeah. you know I, I, I was fortunate enough when when my gym was kind of at its peak to be part of the Monster Youth Development Programme for rugby mm. and you know I really saw both the passion the drive the interest around guys guys particularly at 15 16 years old um, and what you can do with a physique at that age, that kind of, once they've gone through their maximum growth spurt, the physique's starting to settle down, but they're producing everything you could ever want on a wish list yeah. in order to grow. And, you know, with the right guidance, what, what development can, can happen at that age? And I, I've, I've always said to different, to several different people, I wish I'd have had somebody like me mm-hmm. when I was that, that age, age yeah. uh, because I made so many mistakes and mm. I was very lucky to avoid injury but you know lots of guys that I was training with had you know debilitating injuries that took them out of the sport mm-hmm. um, because of because of lack of knowledge lack yeah, of knowledge yeah, doing yeah. the wrong thing at the wrong time 
Um, so yeah, you know, I, I've I've really fostered that whole youth mm. development kind of philosophy. That um, that that kind of I suppose you know that ethos that, that you had like really um, came to fruition with me because I felt like you know we got really really close. With, you know, then I started to. Um, to do a bit of part-time work in the gym with you um and then as everybody knows it follows a podcast i lost my job in the motor trade and um i got fired from my job and this is one thing that i i, I do publicly want to thank you for there was about a hand literally one handful of people that stuck by me then and you were one of them and you were you were someone who who gave me a job um took me on we had um we wanted to change the hours within f1 fitness center um i wanted to come in and work the early mornings um and and see could i get that going for the gym and so on and you and you took me on and i'd like to say publicly thank you for that because mm -hmm. that was a that was a pivotal point for for me to get going in the fitness industry um i went and i did my my personal training course got qualified um we we got going um we tried various different things to give you guys at home context as as um f1 fitness center f1 fitness center was like the environment was amazing but what we lacked was space yeah, yeah. um it was with a thousand square feet where it was you know and the the atmosphere that I have in my main gym here in Lissavard is very very similar to what we used to yeah. have before yeah, because yeah, yeah. Good, good good crack you know everybody coming in <clears throat> but we we lack space and that that kind of I I would say that kind of cost us um, the room to grow the business oh big time yeah you know yeah, yeah. Um, and then you saw a different angle then Raj you 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 were there like to give everyone an idea you worked over 10 years every day of the week every hour of the day so you know you served your time there and you then said hang on a second um there's there was people looking for one-to-one -one personal training but there was also people um and and you know everyone will will have come across this that that don't want to be seen being trained. Mm, absolutely. And this was something and is something that you've now transformed your new business and you've dramatically capitalized on one-to-one -one personal training that nobody else is looking at at the same time. And both yeah. yourself and Anna were doing quite well. I, I, I kind of turn my kind of business notion on its head. Um, the, the building that you're in here at the Pike, um, in Le Savard, I actually looked at oh, six, seven years ago. And unfortunately, because it's a brilliant shape for a gym, um, but the owners of the, the property had just signed a three-year lease deal with uh, an engineering-based business. And so that, you know, it just completely went off the, off the radar. So I was kind of looking for a different direction to go. So we've kind of gone opposite ends of the industry. And fortunately, they've both been very successful where... Mm -hmm. You've gone big, um, great open space, fabulous facilities, all those kinds of things, a kind of mass market as well, where I thought, you know, I've been a coach for nearly 35 years. Uh, I've got a, a vast array of different skill sets within different sports. This is one thing as well I'd like to say as well. You're not, it isn't just bodybuilding, your knowledge of, your knowledge of anatomy, physiology, um, overall fitness you like you've applied that to every sporting discipline that I've not that I know of in, in my time being with you um and now you've got this is it like you've got clients across nearly every every uh, yeah, spectrum yeah 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 
Yeah, it's. I mean, for for me as an individual coach, it's it's every day is a really nice challenge because, you know, name name a sport. I've probably a client, at least one client that does it. Um, so it's always testing your skill set around what you can do with the physique to help somebody swim faster, ride a road bike faster, martial arts faster, mm. uh, physique training, weight loss, all kinds of stuff. But um, but equally, I'm really involved with people that are coming off. Uh, chronic illness, issues of disability, uh, injury recovery, all those things. So I've I've some really challenging cases, and you, you know you just have to reach out to people and say, you know you can be helped. It's, don't just hang your gloves up. There are things you can do to to to, to help your general health improve. Mm. Um, one of so the things fascinating. In, one of the things in that Raj as well is that so many people have such a bad perception of either the gym or being personal trained because they've had so many bad experiences from people that aren't qualified, people that are just out for the money and they really don't know what they're doing. Oh, totally, yeah. You know, there's some absolute horror stories out there of, you know, the types of advice that people have been given is just absolutely jaw-dropping. Uh, and and you just think I can't even believe somebody's asked you to do that, and mm. the fact that you followed through, <laughs> followed through on yeah. it. You know, but this is it. It all boils down to a, a trust thing. So you you take you you take these clients, and you know you've 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 got all your stuff, and you've got all your your knowledge to give. But unfortunately, you've got a massive mountain to to climb with with people because potentially you've got to build a trust relationship before you can apply what you want to apply with them yes it's it's a hundred percent about uh, trust and it's a very mm. interesting point that you make um you know when somebody contacts me and said you know i'd like to do a personal training package with you mm. and you ask them what their get what their goal is or their objective mm. or what their issue is very often it's a medical issue um you know they're the there's a huge trust factor when somebody's coming to you with a medical background saying, look, I'm going to open my heart to you mm. and I'm trusting you with this information. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got to try and apply, you know, a similar psychology back to you saying, look, don't panic. This is what we can do rather mm. than what we can't do. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, uh, I've some, uh, some interesting people that have got serious medical backgrounds mm-hmm. that in their own mind are, are grasping at straws because they think, it's 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 an end game. They they think they can't involve themselves in exercise or fitness anymore because mm. of their condition. Uh, is this is it? There's so many people, um, you know, write themselves off. Mm, at, mm. You know, whether it be at fifty, whether it be at sixty, and realistically, with with the you know with the the people are living longer, people are being more healthy. We've never been as healthy as we are now. You know, does it, the information, the, the, thankfully, right information is becoming uh, easier to get uh, with, with with the internet. There are still, obviously, you know, percentage of, of, of misinformation and people are the chances out there. But we know with podcasting, with YouTube, with, with all the different uh, things that are out there, you know, people are living longer when yeah. now 50 and 60 is still young. Well, uh, interestingly, I've just read a book and it's targeting fi- people over the age of 50. Yeah. Uh, and the book is called One Year Younger Next Year. Okay. And, and it's, it's, it's written by a doctor in America and, and it's a look at what 
the importance of strength and conditioning actually the older you get mm-hmm. and it talks about guys over 60 what you can do guys over 70 what you can do would you believe there's a world bench press record for over 80s go away 195 kilos bench press that's crazy that's, that's crazy and they, I, I have a, a client that I, I I PT two people right okay because I've I don't, I don't really work on a gym floor anymore because of time and everything else I need to do on the back end of the business that people don't see so but there's two clients for for a reason that I that I hang on to, one is a one day a week, and the other one, the guy I'm going to talk about now, is a three day a week, and um, he's in his mid sixties. He's retired now. He's from corp, he was in corporate Ireland all his life, and um, you know, very high up in in, in big uh, well known companies. Um, but to be honest with you, I get so much value from him. We've become very very close because he's a great business mentor. He's very very good. I'd nearly pay him to fucking PT him at this stage. Oh, to be honest with you, is he the guy I had on Instagram the other week? Barney a photograph uh, no he's not been on yet no he's uh, not He's not been on yet his cock was on there uh, <laughs> he's, he's, got, he's got a big blue cock that was on oh, it yeah, cock yeah, 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 yeah yeah for those of you that don't follow me on Instagram go over to my Instagram at Alistair underscore heart and have a look for the big blue cock and you'll see what I'm on about um, so so yeah, but he's in his he's in his mid sixties. That man is fitter than me. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. he I'm not, and I mean that yeah, he is yeah. aerobically fitter than me. He um he could a. Uh, he could train alongside me and out train me yeah. no problem why because he's not ready to give up yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's just not I've, ready to I've, give up I've, I've, a, I've a very very similar similar character uh, he's 63 years old he actually lives in Cork McSherry and I often say to my wife if I get to 63 and I look half as good as this guy yeah. I'll be delighted yeah. do you know because yeah. of his mobility his mm. fitness his strength endurance and you just think Jesus at that age I have another guy who's 71 and uh, two years ago, he climbed to base camp Everest. Go away. And you just, you know, yeah. the examples are there. You've just got to be prepared to apply yourself. And and like you said, mm. not have this, well, I'm 50 now, I can't so do anything. Game over. Game over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, uh, it is, it's a huge mindset game. Everything is mindset. Look, you you know, it's it. the body, you know, you work from the inside out and... It's there's there's so like you see it yourself you know when you're under pressure and you're you know the second wind that we get you know um, second wind is is just your mind you know you standing up standing up to it and you know fight or flight and going yeah. going after yeah, yeah, it you know yeah. um, Raj at, at the minute now so you're you know you're you're heavily involved in all different coaching and stuff like that what are the plans for you in the future have you anything in the pipeline I know you were in America before you were doing some coaching in there have you yeah. anything that you um, would like to share with us I've I'm, I'm just I'm really enjoying you've my, taken up cycling haven't you I have yeah I have. and and you know what um, I don't profess to be a brilliant cyclist yeah but but I enjoy it because it, it, it's, there's a sense of freedom there's yeah. a bit of adrenaline rush yeah um, there's a group scenario in that as well yeah you, I, I've, I recently joined Tonic Hilty Cycling Club so mm. They've over eighty members. Great fun ride on a Sunday morning if if you if you're willing to get out of bed on time. I've had a few fun rides on my time. At high speed. Yeah. And, um, but, uh, but on a personal level, I've actually found that um, the aerobic improvement in in myself has really helped me in terms of pace and recovery times in mm. the gym. So it's allowing me to feel fitter to, to train harder less re- uh, rest time mm. so I'm actually I feel like I'm in reasonable shape 
for my age, if yeah. you like. Yeah. Uh, I'm in far better shape now in my early 50s than I was in my mid-30s, for example. Mm-hmm. I might not be as strong, but I'm certainly healthier. Yeah. Um, so the combination... And there's more longevity in that. There's yeah, more longevity yeah, yeah. in that. Well, one of the reasons why I took up cycling was um, I went to see a knee specialist in the Elysium building uh, in 2014, and he just said to me, he said, you're doing all the right things. You just have to promise me one thing. You'll stop running on tarmac or, okay. or on hard grass. Yeah. And at the time, I was working a lot in rugby. So, um, and we, we, for our cardio, for shows, we were predominantly cycling based. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we were doing everything on a spinning bike. Um, so I just thought, right, you know what? I might mm. try a road bike. And I started off at 20, 30 kilometers. Yeah. And now, recently, we did a charity ride for 100K, did 100K in four hours, delighted with myself. And great fun, great bunch of people to do it with. But um, I'm I'm actually doing it for the health benefit of of cycling. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, my knees don't take uh, that much pressure anymore in Mm. terms of... uh, That boils down, like you, you know, this is going back to when you were were at your your peak, your biggest, we'll say, um, peak weight. you know, fucking squatting heavy, everything heavy yeah, takes yeah, its yeah. toll. Oh, you've no idea. I mean, for a young, for for somebody young listening to this now, Raj, and it's got there. You know, we all know what it's like. It's an alpha thing. You know, you want to go. Oh, fuck, I want to lift the heaviest thing yeah. in the gym. Yeah. I my advice is, if you want to try it, try it, but don't do it for long. Yeah, yeah you know. Yeah. And and you know, I mean, I trained with guys that uh, in in Jeff Capes' gym in Peterborough that were training for World Strongest Man, Britain's Strongest man they had no interest in what they looked like they were all just massive you know squatting ridiculous weight mm. I mean you look at Dav for example that, mm. tra- that trains with you um, huge man testing his body every day of the week in mm. the gym and you just think I'm at the other end of that cycle and I know how you're going to feel in 20 years time mm. Um, so I, I now have, and this is an interesting point for the young ones out there listening maybe, that I, I now, as a coach or in my own personal training, I have no fascination for the number on the end of the dumbbell mm. or the number on the end of the plate. It's, is that weight appropriate for the exercise you're trying to perform mm. with your ability to control it in a controlled fashion mm. for how many reps you want to do? So can you handle it and can you get the right contraction? Mm-hmm. Uh, so take the momentum out of the movement and squeeze the muscle, uh, and, and your your improvement curve will be will far accelerate anybody that's just lifting for the number that's on the bar. Totally agree. It, you know, ex- exercise execution is one of it is something that's massively missed. Um, you know, and. I, I'll always say to young people now that when I train, no, I'm always the guy in the gym that's lifting the least. Yeah, yeah and yeah. I'll get people, I'll get kids look at me and go, "What the fuck is he lifting so long? Why are you yeah. doing side lat raise with three kilos?" <laughs> because it's working. But like, if you execute properly and mind muscle connection are just something that gets forgotten about you know um, people don't connect with the area they're trying to work they're you know if you can if you can connect your mind to that muscle you're working and make it work from a mental perspective using appropriate weight um, it's everything but it's when you go okay well I've, I have that now and then you start turning the screw and go I can now go a bit heavy the minute you start going a bit heavy and you lose that connection because all you're worried about is you're thinking fuck this is heavy yeah. and you've, yeah, lost yeah, yeah. Yeah, you've lost it so it's you know, and I really feel from a from a I suppose from an aesthetical um, 
body development point of view of which I'm going through at the minute. I'm all about trying to balance up my my physique and and so on for um f- you know for my shows and that. Um, you know, really honing in on mind muscle connection, um, and 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 having the weight nice and light, but just that it's that it's just right. You know, um, and look, we're we're sitting here at the minute with with me waiting to go for an MRI, um, for <laughs> potentially ruptured discs in my yeah. back, yeah, yeah, yeah. because. I had to bench the heaviest I had, and it was yeah. overarching and then yeah. I had, then we were you know I was there with Chris and we were trying to squat the heaviest and yeah, all, 200 all the, kilo squat yeah and all these things were they've taken their toll as I'm approaching 40 now um, so like the I suppose like the, the one piece of advice I would give to, to any young lads is you know anybody that's that's older than you and that's telling you these things and you're there going yeah yeah right okay yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're telling you for for a for good a reason, reason yeah. you know Um but it's uh, yeah so I mean yeah I've, I've, I've never told you this story but it's an interesting one on about mind-muscle connection and being able to stimulate your body and, and understanding how your physique contracts um, I went to a seminar years ago with um, a guy called Milo Sharshev who was aesthetically quite possibly the best physique that's ever stood on a pro bodybuilding stage um, and more more titles on the pro tour than anybody else he was just unfortunate that at the Mr. Olympia he stood against Dorian Yates and then he stood against Ronnie Coleman and Mm. and he was just outgunned Mm. but in terms of the aesthetics aesthetics of his physique he was absolutely awesome and at the beginning of the seminar he talked about mind-muscle connection and being in tune with what you're trying to achieve and he demonstrated his bicep warm-up for his arms workout, and he did it with a tennis ball. Really? So yeah. getting your hand to contract, getting your forearm to contract, getting your bicep to contract at peak contraction, mm. you should be able to do it with a tennis ball. And if you can't, you've no business lifting a dumbbell. Mm. And then we all got a tennis ball yeah. to have a go off, and you're yeah. going, what is he on about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A tennis ball. Yeah. Do you know? But when you actually start to apply, and he talked us through the process, it's like slowly going through any um, you know you watch Ronan O'Gara kick a ball for to win the Six Nations the mental process that he goes through before he even takes his first step forward mm-hmm. you can apply that to any sport it's just that initial am I in sync with what I'm about to do and mm-hmm. that's, that's the, I suppose the point he was trying to make and forming your grip getting your arm in the right position and making your hand squeeze because mm-hmm. like he was saying when you're on stage trying to get your bicep to peak mm-hmm. there's no dumbbell in your hand <laughs> yeah yeah you've exactly you've got to make it happen yeah. um, so practice that practice that and even in between working sets with crazy weights he was lifting he'd be there with his tennis ball keeping his arm pump going on that myofascial stretch mm-hmm. um and you know you learn a lot from these people and I often you know I'll look back at seminars that are on YouTube with Dorian Yates or recently he's been interviewed quite a lot by Joe Rogan mm-hmm. uh, and on London Real and he really opens up about his I might have a man here next day, sir. do <laughs> if he's everywhere's yeah. good yeah. <laughs> um, and you know and these, these guys that are towards now legends of the sport they were the guys in my day. I mean, I was very fortunate to sit down across the table two or three times with Dorian Yates when, when you know, he'd recently won Mr. Britain and he just happened to be 
a very close friend of a guy that I was taking a lot of inf information from and a, a, he was a leading light to me at that time mm. I was training in his gym he just and bearing in mind I suppose the circle of the circle of people involved in the sport back then in the UK was pretty pr- pretty small I would yeah. imagine yeah, yeah. yeah it was very oh it was very much a, an underground kind of minority sport yeah there was very very rigid views and opinions about anybody that had a physique or oh, it's because yeah um, and you know not the fact that everybody's busting their ass every day for a couple of hours in the gym and, and, and eating restricted diets that's one thing um, that's, that look you know it's 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 unfortunately the first thing uneducated people say is you see a big guy and all of a sudden it's oh he's taking steroids yeah you know yeah, yeah. whether he is or not probably won't have any bearing on you know the the actual size he, he he is standing in front of you you've got to remember that you can't take the you can't take you know any form of hormones and hope for the best you know no you can't just <laughs> sit on the sofa you know? <laughs> and you ha- look no. you know whether someone takes steroids or not you know all it does is aid recovery yeah. you know you still have to go to the gym you still have to get your food right and it's you know it's a process that has to have a compound effect over time in day in day out getting it right day in day out and you know this is the problem with what what, what I'm the feedback I'm getting from people is so many young people now are starting steroids at a 17 18 19 and I can tell you no and you'd agree with me on this one that you have no business no, at no, that age taking them because you're producing everything that you're putting in you're probably producing more naturally than you're going to put in yeah yeah and you're going to wreck, wreck your natural process yeah. later on in life you're gonna um, you're gonna potentially uh, hamper um you know being for, from a guy being fertile um you're going to you know you you you're the self-medicating is absolutely fucking bananas when people say you know oh, so-and-so is doing this or so-and-so is doing that under what guidance and under yeah. what knowledge yeah, yeah, yeah. why just because some fellow wants to sell you something it's yeah. crazy to yeah. think um, and it's everywhere you know uh, and, and, and the, the unfortunate thing is that it's creeping down the line the ages um, when, 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 when people are producing growth hormone um, naturally they're producing testosterone at a fucking rate that you know is, is second to none and all of those things are on a natural level coupled with the right diet the right training plan the right recovery strategy um, and and, and a proper end goal and good advice, good ex- execution in the gym will beat anything, hands down. I, 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 you know, I've been in this game a long time and I've seen all kinds of fads and trends around being massive, uh, the, the bodybuilding community being very small. So there are only a couple of different federations, uh, you know, EFBB, IFBB or NABBA. Uh, that was about it um, and you know they're all about a certain look and a certain shape and uh, overwhelming mass and all this kind of stuff so you know the community that I grew up in in, in the gym world uh, was all leaning towards one direction now with like the federation that you're working with mm. they're looking for a different more aesthetic shape that's, that's attainable at many different levels mm-hmm. um, but even, even when when I was kind of in powerlifting mode um, I sat down in a, in a, in a just a, a chinwag at the end of a training session, and there was a, there was a young lad c- came up to talk to a guy that I was sat talking to, and he he, he was kind of saying he wanted to compete, he wanted to look huge, and everything else. And my, my friend at the time just turned around to him, and 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 he made one simple comment, and and it, I'll never forget it. And he was saying, if you really want to understand how your own physique works, 
you have to first train and compete naturally mm-hmm. because then you'll realize your own potential mm-hmm. before you try and if you want to before you try and accelerate it yeah but how can you understand what you can achieve mm-hmm. if you start off on the wrong side 100%, of the fence 100 percent. i totally agree um, the analogy that i'd often use you know is, is a bit of a, look if, if you people think that you know taking you know exogenous hormones is going to you know bake the cake for you you have to bake the cake yourself if you want to put yeah. the cherry on top well, look at look at what you achieved in 2011 and what I achieved. We competed in the National Spring Classic on basically a bowl of porridge and a protein shake. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and look we, how good yeah, we like good this. This was me coming from, com, you know, coming from absolutely nothing. You coming down from fucking nineteen stone. You'd last five stone. We yeah. we had, I think we had about twenty weeks. Right, it was, mm. it was you know roughly around that. So they call it six months. Um, we you know we, I was trying to go up. Raj was coming down. Um, we what we literally did it. We did a fucking bland six months. Yeah, you know, was, it was, it was, bo- it was <laughs> bowl of porridge, chicken and rice, tuna and rice. But you know what? It fucking worked. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Why? Absolutely. Because that compound effect was there. We trained hard every day. We ate, we, you know, we, we stuck to our food. We didn't, you know, we, did, we didn't deviate. Everything was there. And look, you know, people, this, this, you know, coming away from the bodybuilding side of things, but like, you know, you work with weight loss clients. I work with weight loss clients. We work with trying to change people's lifestyles, better um, a relationship towards food, so on and so forth. How many fucking times have you heard, is this a good diet? Or, you know, what, 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 um, you know, sh- or can I have a look at that person's diet plan? It's got nothing to do with the diet plan. Yeah. It's got to do with adherence. <clears throat> it's got to do with, is it sustainable long term? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you going to see yourself doing this in six months? Or is it something that you're going to do in six weeks and all of a sudden go, I'm glad that's over and boom, rebound? The, this is the problem with a quick fix diet process uh, where people are just looking for a magic bullet Mm. Um, you know people get a plan but they can only stick to it for a month or six weeks Mm. and every time you talk to a client it it becomes a huge challenging discussion point Uh, whereas by going slightly less intense but for a longer period of time they actually the individual starts to learn about food I mean how many clients do you have that can't read a food label I would say I would say a huge percentage. Yeah. I would so, say a huge percentage. So when when you're talking to people about you know the choices they make, even when they do the daily or weekly messages, and you're saying pick a food label up, look at it, yeah. make a make an informed choice, mm. do it for your children, you 100%. know, um, and 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 start to work out what works for you, what what works in your lifestyle, what works in your training regime, you know, can you how much time can you dedicate to your interest? How how busy are you in your lifestyle? Because very, very restrictive, very bland diet plans tend to only work for people that work in the industry mm-hmm. because they can apply it within their normal working day. Mm-hmm. When you know, when you've got a mom who's who's got one or two or three or four four kids trying to train, trying to run a family, trying to work, mm-hmm. all those things, you, you have to con- cons- consider the the context of an individual's lifestyle before you can really start to apply a very tight tight diet regime. Mm. Um, but the, the the biggest tool in anybody's box is become informed, mm-hmm. and and uh, you know I I do talks with uh, in, in schools with young people, and we talk about nutrition, nutrition, healthy lifestyle, exercise, and and all those things. But the number one thing I always say in my introduction, if by the end of this short seminar, 
you've learnt nothing else bar can I now understand and read a food label mm-hmm. then that seminar has been a success yeah. above anything else yeah this is the thing and one of, I, one of the things about reading food labels is having a good understanding of oh that's I didn't realise what was in that yeah. or I didn't realise how how low that was but one of the things that people now get so carried away with is calories yeah I I hate the thought of people living life by looking at food as a number. In any of the in any of the um, operation transformation clients that I have, my online clients that are that are that we're trying to improve their relationship towards food. We're we're looking at the overall thing, not people getting ready for a photo shoot or a competition or whatever so you know <clears throat> what I do is I don't count calories no. I don't count calories for the simple reason I don't want my clients getting tied up with numbers I Obsessed. don't want them logging into my fitness pal every time they put something into their mouth and they're, and they're looking at it because it's not healthy um, it's I have seen somebody last year hospitalized because they um, unfortunately suffer um, with anorexia and um, but it came from getting obsessed with numbers this person yeah. could tell me the calories and actual specific macros in i'm not joking in any piece of food i would ever say Jeez. to them we're like a walking um theosaurus yeah <laughs> you know and that that person got so obsessed by numbers yeah. i was there going you know what this this is the reason i don't do this this yeah. is the reason yeah, i don't yeah, yeah. i don't do these these calories because it's very simple Get normal whole foods, you know. Keep keep it keep it keep it clean. Don't restrict yourself. There's fucking so much good food you can eat. Just stay away from the shit. Be consistent. We do weekly check-ins. We check it. Okay, you've you've you know you've portion size. Jesus, use your hand as a measuring tool. Everybody's hand is 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 a perfect measuring tool. Closed fist carbohydrate, palm protein, unlimited amount of vegetables. You know, eat little and often. So simple. It's it's simple. The the but it's it's all down to adherence. And it's down to uh, accountability. Yeah. Are you yeah. accountable to someone? That's what I feel is the biggest thing for me. My weekly check-ins, without them, we wouldn't get the success we're getting. Because when someone is, and that's why I do my check-ins first thing on a Monday morning, when people get up on a Monday morning, they send me over their, 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 their weight, their measurements, whatever, synopsis of how the week went. But that, knowing if they're out on a Sunday or they're out on a Saturday or you know they're off at the weekend... And knowing that they've got to do that first thing in a Monday morning is a great little reminder. Oh shit! I better not have that. Yeah, you Saturday know, night. I'll special. be so good all week. <laughs> this will fuck me up for Monday. And it's a great yeah. deterrent. Um, and it does yeah. keep people on track. And the feedback that I've got from it is quite good. But I would say adherence and accountability are two factors. Yeah, that's the benefit of doing something like um, uh, you know your 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 transformation uh, transformation all your transformation process. Yeah, and it is it, you know you have to recognise it, it is the reason why a lot of these um, diet clubs, diet organisations, mm. you know there are there are several brands out there. Mm. Um, I have to say some of the people that. that that orchestrate the plans I have absolutely no knowledge of nutrition or exercise well I can, I can tell you it's a, it's a huge bone of contention for us when, when people come from from these uh, these <coughs> these things and what it is the concept is fantastic yeah. the yeah, execution yeah, yeah, yeah. is abysmal horrendous it's absolutely (laughs) abysmal you've got people that wouldn't know one end of a fucking vegetable from the next Um, 
is slating someone at seven o'clock in the evening on a weighing scales for being up a pound when that person could be wearing lighter clothing than they were the week before. They could have consumed more water. Yeah. How can you weigh somebody accurate at seven o'clock in the evening? Take. 20 euros off them give them a fucking roasting yeah, and tell them publicly publicly yeah. oh come back next week uh, and yeah. by the way here's something that is sin free and you can go and eat as much as you want to it <laughs> oh and by the way next week it's going to it's going to have sins in it but, <laughs> but, but what a brilliant business plan <laughs> it's a super business plan and if it was executed properly yeah. my god it would yeah, work yeah, 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 you know yeah. um, but unfortunately the, the, the knowledge behind it the business model is good but the knowledge behind it is atrocious and, and, and you, you must find the same just with general clients now, not, not, people, yeah, on, not yeah. people on your plan, where people get very dedicated Monday to Friday, they're in the groove, they're working, they're training, they're doing their home life, uh, and it, it's it's this whole concept of the Saturday night breakout. Mm. Uh, I mean, bodybuilders have a concept of, when they're off-season, bodybuilders have a concept of the cheap meal and the mm. metabolic improvement that a cheap meal can sometimes give, but that's, that's kind of lost context where people have gone, oh, Saturday night, I can do exactly what I want to do, 10, people, 10 points, bag of People have changed that to, oh, it's my cheat day. So they get up. <laughs> day, the, yeah, day. day. Yeah, yeah. So, like, the day is, somebody's gone, oh, fuck it, let's call it a day. Um, <laughs> now it's a weekend. It's a weekend. <laughs> and, like, the thing is, if you're yeah. if you're adding up and, and if you, you know, you're adding up the amount of calories that you could potentially consume on a day of eating what you want. Yes. Because what's going to happen is when, it's it's human nature, if we... I always use, if I'm having a consultation with someone in the office and I always have a bottle of water next to me and I always say to someone, if I tell you there's a bottle of water there, if you're thirsty, drink away. Yeah. They'll never again look at it, yeah. right? But if I say, uh, just before we start that bottle of water, um, that's that's my water, it comes from a well, it's, you know, and it's, it's got yeah. loads of minerals and stuff in it, yeah. so like, it's, 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 it's mine. Um, it's modified. Yeah, there's tap water outside if you want it, yeah. right? And they go, <laughs> fuck, I wonder what the water's like. Yeah. You know? But it tastes brilliant. But it tastes brilliant. <laughs> I had a, I'll give you an example of this, right? I had a client before who started with me and the after week one, she sat down with me and she said, I just I can't do this. Right. I have never eaten so much chocolate this week. And she goes, I like chocolate, but I've never eaten so much this week because I can't have it. I said, Who told you you couldn't have it? Yeah. She goes, Well, I presumed like you gave me the plan and all that and I said, Yeah. I said, um, okay. I said, you know what we'll do? Because I dark chocolate in the end of the plan. You know, it's at the end of the day, yeah. 85% dark chocolate or whatever. I said, you know what you'll do for me this week? I said, I want you this week to to go out. And I said, if you get a craving for chocolate, I said, I want you to have a bar of chocolate. Yeah. And I said, I want to see how many bars of chocolate you're going to consume during the week. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. come back to me this day next week. Let's sit down and we'll we'll have a look at it and see where we go with it. No. And I said, it'll give, me, it'll give me a good idea of, uh, you know, what, what adjustments we can make. So I said, when you feel like eating chocolate this week, it's a green light for me. Eat what you want. Yeah. And she said, you sure? I said, yeah, do it. So do it. So she came back uh, following week. I said, she was down two pounds. And I said, um, I said, oh, that's great. I said, uh, you know, how did the week go with the chocolate? No, I didn't bother with the fucking thing. Yeah. <laughs> she literally didn't eat yeah. another bit of chocolate because yeah. I said she could have it. Yeah. And and that's and that is the absolute madness of it. When we're yeah. told it's human nature, when we're told we can't have something, we want it even more. Yeah. You know? It's just like a guy wanting this beautiful girl, all of a sudden he gets her and he's gone. Well <laughs> I mean it's it's interesting. We we but we learn the habit as a as as a child. You know, you tell a child if you stick a bowl of sweets on on the countertop and say to a kid, None of those are for you, they're all mine. Yeah. And you've got you've got war on your hands as yeah. to why they can't have one. Exactly. <laughs> but if you say you're only allowed one, and then you can have another one maybe tomorrow. Yeah. They don't want it anymore because yeah. they don't look. Yeah. Do you know? Exactly. And it's 
It's uh, yeah. This it's is bizarre, the thing. But it's fact. that binging at the weekend. Sometimes people. So, like, we're we are creatures of habit, and and, and we're also creatures of, uh, I suppose, routine. You know, routine suits us all. And look, you know, we both, myself and Raj, um, you know, are, uh, we both have sons that are um, on the on the spectrum, and we know how important routine mm. is yeah. um, for you know for definitely children on the spectrum, but definitely I would say for everybody. And when I say routine, when we are Monday to Friday, and we work Monday to Friday, and we're our kids are in school and you know uh, everybody knows where they're going everybody knows they're eating at X everybody knows they're picking the kids up or whatever everybody knows they're sitting down for dinner or whatever you know your times it's really easy to to, to be on track Monday to Friday but what happens is and this is where the binging happens on the weekends is people get up in the morning they have too much fucking time to think Yeah, they have too much time to think what about will I, what will I do today Yeah. oh fuck I'm hungry <laughs> you're not I've eight hours you're today. fucking not hungry like it's just it's, your, it's mind games so sometimes what I do with people I say I want you to make I want you to make this your own but I also want you to have a weekend protocol yeah. and I want you to be I want you to on a Thursday or a Friday whatever the case is I want you to sit down and cook and have everything prepared for the Saturday and the Sunday Yes, and, and then on that Saturday I may want you to have a cheat meal mm. or I may not depending upon the person's goal or depending upon where they're, they're at or, or, or whatever and being prepared is everything uh, because each Eating on demand, which yeah. is what happens at the weekends, yeah, it just yeah. doesn't work. Well, it goes out of control. It goes out of control, yeah. and it spirals out of control. Can I, can I ask you an interesting question? You can, yeah. Um, can, uh, my my whole life has been, in, in one sense, built around a passion for for exercise and training and mm. all the all the different things I've tried. But it's something that just struck me there now, with with the level that you're competing at, and and kind of the. The knowledge and understanding you have of your of your own body's nutritional requirements. Do you still get a buzz out of training, or is it you do it because it gets you the result? Do you get bored? I I do because I love to train. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I had this conversation with someone the other day because. I'm really overextended at the minute, yeah, right? Yeah, with yeah. with business and and all of that, and. I've gone through a lot of periods uh, over the last been in business now gyms are open two and a half years and I've gone through a lot of down phases yeah. you know um you know so I've, like my mental health has been poor it's got better um and I've gone through a lot of phases where I've gone oh, for fuck's sake and I'm I'm going through the motions because yeah. I have to because of, of of the end goal at the minute um the fucking pain in my back is annoying me so the 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 loving to train has I've lost it to be honest with you right. it's my honest truth yeah, I've lost yeah, the love yeah. and we were having this conversation and I was there going is it because I'm 24 hours a day and that's literal Possibly. because I'm living in the yeah. gym yeah. is that because I'm 24 hours in the day in the gym and I was having this conversation with Alice and Alice said, you know what, if there was another, we were in Skibreen when we were having this conversation yeah, okay. and she said, if there was another gym in Skibreen that was equipped like this, I'd probably train there. Yeah. Because you're out, you're away. Yeah. Do you get me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, you come, you come to my place to train legs. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure that's probably, it could potentially be your most favorite latest session of the week. Oh, absolutely. Because it's change of environment, change of people. We always, obviously, we always have a bit of crack and I know Steve very well. Um, but, but it is, it's, it's that change of environment because for me, for me, certainly growing up, it was always, we're going to the gym. Yeah. 
whereas now you live in one. Yeah. And I live in one. Yeah. And, and, um, and that becomes your very familiar space. Um, so it, it kind of loses that me time edge, hmm. do you know, where you're going to the gym to work out. Um, all you're doing is taking your jacket off and using the machine you've been looking at all day. Yeah, exactly. That kind of thing, you know. Uh, I, I definitely thing. feel that I'm slightly lost at the minute because I'm, as you know, heavily involved now in, in the, in you know, I Pure Elite Ireland, the director of Pure Elite Ireland. Um, and, you know, I, but there's more Pure Elite shows popping up around the world next year. I want to get heavily involved in that. So what I'm there going, fuck, what am I now? Am I a competitor? Yeah, 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 or yeah. am I gone from it now? Am yeah. I, in a, or am I, am I in the business it, end of it? It's an interesting one. You know, and like, so I've got so many different things going on at the minute that like I'm at the minute, right now at this minute, and I'm in fucking excruciating pain. I'm enjoying training right. at the moment because I'm focused and I know where I'm going. I have nine weeks to the world championships. I'm going for like, I'm going there. I have three titles to defend, but I'm going there for the overall. Yeah. And there's no mis- mistake about that. Um, and you know, that's what it is. So because I'm, I know that, that, and that. Yeah. I'm enjoying it because I'm, there's a fucking sense of urgency. The question you know? is, what happens after that? What happens afterwards? Yeah, you know, what happens one. afterwards? So that's going to be continued. But it's a great question. And it is something that came up the other day. And it's, I think it's a very personal thing. I've got a guy that I'm getting ready. The guy I showed you his legs. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That guy, fuck, he's very similar mindset to Absolutely loves to train. Has to yeah. train for his headspace. Yeah. Loves it. Loves loves what he gets back <laughs> from it. Um, and, and I think it's, it's, it's a very personal thing. But there are definitely contributing factors for me that have taken the love somewhat away from it right you know right. Um, but we'll we'll see how we go on when I'm uh... the, the, there aren't many there aren't many people on Instagram because obviously it's just like we were saying earlier it's a generational thing there aren't many people that I follow but one, one of the guys that I do follow because probably because he's my son's hero is Dwayne The Rock Johnson mm. and, and he has a, an interesting uh, little statement that he has through, throughout the trials and tribulations of life the gym will always give you balance mm. uh, and, I, and I know I can equate to that where from a mental state point of view mm. through all the ups and downs of life I've always trained so that physical that intense physical release that you get from training and that hormonal kick afterwards has allowed me to kind of have a grip on diffi- difficult situations at different times in my life to, to balance that out. I get you. But, uh, but I think... A grounding process? Yeah, yeah. We, Getting this, back in touch with yourself. This, was some, this is something as well, um, when we were going through different things with Evan um, and he was going to school and to, to keep him grounded and to keep him, uh, they said, like, make sure and, and keep weight on him and yeah. keep his rucksack on his back. Yeah, and yeah. even, you know, sometimes they might put little weight plates into it to keep the kids grounded, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, look, you know, I definitely think that that, that is, you know, that is a, a definite, there is definitely signs mm. to back that one yeah, up yeah. Um, the, the Rock is phenomenal I think <laughs> I, I don't know anyone in this in, in this world that doesn't like The Rock yeah. he's Steve is that's Steve's hero is he um, when I'm training I'll always listen to um, and when I'm if I'm training or I'm doing cardio and I need that fucking shoe up the ass yeah. I'll put on I wake up at four o'clock in the morning you know, you know cardio breakfast train twice <laughs> so you, I, I listen I'm listening to that I can recite that word for word but he's 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 just a, he's just an all round amazing character, you know. Yeah, reinvented um, himself from, from yeah. desperate times, 
Uh, you know he's got you have he, to respect that. his production company um so his his own production company and and whatever other companies that he has there are the the name of the company is called seven bucks because yeah it because yeah, it's, yeah. It's, you know when he's seven bucks in his yeah, pocket that's right. um so that's what it's called it's called seven bucks but uh it's funny i saw him on um the Kelly Clarkson has a talk show in America and this just only popped up my newsfeed the other day. So her first show anyway was, you know, fucking first guest out with Kevin Hart, you know. Right. Uh, but Kevin Hart couldn't be there and Kevin Hart and The Rock are very, very good friends and they, he's always taking a piss out of Kevin Hart because he's <laughs> tiny and all this and he's there going, uh, he said, look, you know, Kevin couldn't be here today. He was in a car accident. Like he goes, he couldn't be here today. So he said, I'm stepping in for him instead. And he's, and they said, oh my, you know, she said, uh, Kelly Clarkson goes like, is, is he all right? He goes, yeah, he was very fortunate he was strapped into his seat <laughs> he's in high, he's in hospital at the minute and the pediatrician the pediatrician has told us he's going to be fine he's, he's okay. yeah. <laughs> but yeah no phenomenal guy yeah Raj we're going to leave it there I'd say um, for any of you that want to um, get in touch with Raj and even you know you can drop him a, a message on um, Instagram is probably the best place to get you at the moment Raj is uh, it well, website Roger Adams Master Trainer um, but D- yeah, dot com? Instagram, Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah. Roger Adams, uh, Master Trainer dot com. Uh, same on Instagram. Your Roger Adams Master Trainer. Roger yeah, Master at Trainer. Master. That's Roger Facebook. Adams Master Trainer dot com on um, its website and on Instagram. So get in touch there. I'll leave. I'll leave that in the the show notes there as well, so anyone can have a look at that. Raj, it's a pleasure having you on. Thank you um, for coming on today, but more so. I and I again want to say this. I wouldn't be where I am now only for you, and I'm forever, um, I'm forever grateful for it. And I think it's something that everybody needs to look as you progress on in life. You got to remember where you came from. You got to remember those who supported you when you had fucking nothing, um, and you were one of those guys. And I'm forever, forever grateful for that. So yeah. thank you. Pleasure, mate. Thank you. So that's it. Oh shit! I wasn't recording all along. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Take, thank, take two. <laughs> take two. Uh, thanks for thanks for listening, guys. Hope you enjoyed it. Please, please share the podcast. Screenshot it. Put it up in your story. Um, tag us both, and we'll be sure to repost it. And uh, any feedback, let us know. So, thank you all for watching, and talk to you all again very soon.